Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, this is Geraldine St. Joseph, your host, and I'm coming to you today from, um, I guess I'll call it beautiful downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> so today's topic is grief and grieving. Basically, I wanted to cover this topic today because it's the anniversary of the departure of someone who's very dear to me. And I feel that this is a topic that is not discussed enough amongst people. There's plenty of stuff out on the net if you want to look to see um, are there grief counselors and things like that. But what I mean by saying it's not discussed enough is that having someone pass, having that loss, can be excruciatingly painful, especially if we're with someone a long time and <clears throat> that's someone we base our lives on, that we depend on each other a lot, or that there's a, a strong emotional connection there. When that person is no longer with us physically, that loss can be devastating. Each of us deal with it in different ways. And there's no specific timetable. I can tell you that as someone who has suffered great losses during my time, it doesn't go away. It diminishes. It gets put in the background. But there are times when things will happen and all of a sudden things come flooding back. What we're going to talk about or what i like to discuss are different ways that i found to sort through the grief, to deal with it, and to put it in its proper place. Everyone grieves differently. Some people get hysterical crying, they cry for several days, and then they feel like they're done. Other people feel like they have to have a stiff upper lip and will only shed tears in the dark alone. Some people feel that if they just ignore it and act like nothing happened in that person or whatever it is we're grieving never existed, that the pain will go away. And that is probably the worst way to deal with it. Although there are times when you have to put aside your own feelings and deal with what's happening right in front of you, that should not be the only way you're dealing with it. So what do I mean by that? I've seen situations where a parent has passed and the second parent, the other parent, has to raise young children. They may not have the support where they can completely fall apart and lose it. They need to be strong for their kids and move forward. That doesn't mean they don't deal with it at all. That means they take it and they deal with it in a different way either by asking family members for their support to help with the kids and then going off on your own, or by talking to a counselor, by finding a little bit of time every day or at least once a week to do this while still dealing with your everyday life. Loss is always difficult. What makes the loss of a person in your life more difficult oftentimes is the way some people choose to ignore it. 
I have often found with people that they want to talk about their loved ones. My grandmother passed over 30 years ago, and still on her birthday every year, I call my mom and we reminisce and we talk, and that's the way to keep them alive with happiness in your heart. Celebrate their life. Celebrate the fact that they were there for you and everything you learned from them and everything that that relationship brought to you. Another aspect of this that we often fail to realize is that depending on your your belief system and, and your religious beliefs, what I have found to be true and what I have experienced in my lifetime is that when you are truly connected with a person, they never really leave. They are there for you as long as you need them. Now, I'm a medium, so my experience of the world is a little bit different than most people. But I can tell you, in all honesty, that when people discard their flesh, when they leave this plane of existence, it is not the end. And most of the spirits I've come across have been quite content and have moved on to bigger and better things, greater things. Sometimes they may watch over us for a period of years. Sometimes they may become a guardian or guide for our children. But the sense that I have always gotten is that they are accessible and that if you really, really need them, you can call upon them and they can answer in some way. You just need to be open to that fact and to be open to being able to sense them and feel them where you are. Oftentimes we'll get messages from loved ones who have passed and we fail to recognize that they're messages because we are still caught up in the physical nature of everything instead of really looking towards the spiritual nature of things. If you open your heart and mind, you can feel them around you oftentimes. One of the easiest ways for them to communicate with us is through dreams. And you can dream about a loved one, and when you wake up in the morning, you feel them holding you, laying next to you in bed. And know that they're there, their essence is there, their spirit is there, and that they still love you. That does not go away. That is unending. It's Things change when they cross over. They see things differently. People who were maybe not that great to be around, they might have been mean or they might have been angry or there might have been something between the two of you. That changes when they cross over because when you're crossing over that bridge, when you re- reunite with God, when you come into the presence of the Christ, and the Christ energy, or you become one again with the universe. And whatever terms you want to couch it, once you've crossed over, your point of view is different. You get plugged in to a massive database, we'll call it, that allows you to see the whys and wherefores. You get to look at your mistakes, I say in quotes, and you get to review your life and see how much you meant to people. 
knowing this, what we want to do while we're still here and in the flesh is we want to make sure that every day is lived to its fullest extent. Live every day as if there's not going to be a tomorrow. Live every day as if the person you're talking to is not going to be there to talk to you tomorrow. I was told when I was younger to never walk away angry, never go to bed angry, especially when it's a spouse. And I have kept to that tradition because I've been in situations where I've spoken to somebody and then 10 minutes later they walk away and they're not in their flesh anymore. Some people don't suffer a loss like that until they're older, they're adults. And I don't know what is easier or what is more difficult, but for me, I started suffering losses when I was about 12. It was my first big one. That was my grand, my grandmother. So... Everyone handles things differently. Sometimes I think it's more difficult to handle things as you get older because if you haven't had that experience before, you don't know what to do with it. You don't know where to go with it. You don't know how to handle it. Um, two years ago, my, a friend of mine, that was his first loss. It was a major loss and just really did not know what to do with it or how to handle it. We can cry, and that's very cleansing, and that's clearing. It can be. And you can release that. There's also, um, grieving does not have a certain time period. It doesn't say, okay, on the one-year anniversary, now you're not going to feel this anymore. Especially if it's somebody who's really close, like a spouse or a parent or a child. That wound never fully closes. There's always that space for that person in your heart. And basically, some of the things that, that we've done in my family in order to help heal is we do things like we tell stories about the person, especially on, on the holidays and different get-togethers. We talk about my grandmother. We talk about her history and the stories that she used to tell us when we were kids. And it weaves this um, family legend kind of in a way. But it also keeps the person alive, and you're associating positive memories and looking at how their life affected everyone else's. It's a celebration of life when you do this. I notice that people, when they're around others who they know have gone through a loss, they will avoid talking about the person or avoid talking to you, you know, saying, how are you doing? Instead, they'll kind of gloss over things. And what I found in my experience is that people want to talk about it. People need to talk about it. They need to know that you remember, that their loved one wasn't forgotten. And you don't have to be real direct and be like, oh, well, I know such and such happened today. Are you doing okay with it on the anniversary? You can say things like just give them a call out of the blue and be like, you know, how is everything going today? Do you need anything? How are you feeling? If you need to talk about anything, I'm here. Just that gentle support. And you give them the opening. You allow them to tell you how they're feeling and whether or not they want to discuss things. Grief can be overwhelming. And as I said, different people deal with it in different ways. 
Now, some people dive right into it and they get so uh, involved in the grief grief and, and so used to feeling that way. Their body becomes very... where their body craves almost. It almost becomes an addiction where you're feeling that way. It's like a person who um, suffers from depression. And it started out as a situational depression, but then their body got used to feeling that way, so their body just generates that because that's where they're comfortable. You don't want to get to that stage. Grief is in everyone's life. It's something you need to deal with. Grief is not part of your identity. It's not a part of who you are. It's a feeling, an emotion, a process that you go through. So once grief becomes a part of who you are, that's when you know you need to step back and look at it. How long has it been? Is this, I hate to say normal, but is this healthy? Is a better way of saying it. We look at this and we then gauge for ourselves, where do I need to go from here? If you've become so overwhelmed with grief, what do you do to pull yourself out of it? You change your routines. You surround yourself with people who know what you're going through. Uh, You may want to see a grief counselor. Going to an uplifting church can also help. And I say an uplifting church because a lot of churches kind of feed into that whole grief thing because when you're more emotional, it's easier to get you to do things that you would not normally do. So you don't want to fall in line with anyone who's going to use your grief against you or use your emotions against you, as uh, some of these places do. When you're going through a grieving period, it's usually not a good idea to get involved or start a relationship. When a relationship starts in that way, we often have unhealthy connections with one another. Some people start relationships in order to avoid their grief. Um, And they will enter into an abusive relationship or a chaotic relationship in order that their focus is somewhere else and not on themselves, that they can focus on the other person and what the other person is doing and what the other person is going through and the chaos the other person is bringing up in their life rather than to focus on how they're really feeling deep inside because it's painful and they don't want to feel the pain. We can watch other people go through these things. We can gently suggest to them there's a better way. But ultimately, we are responsible for our own actions and we are responsible for what we need to do and where we need to be in our lives. With that being said, what I want to do right now is help you, give you a tool to use with your grief. I want everybody to take a deep breath. And again. Relax. One more time. And release. Feel your body relaxing. 
Feel your shoulders untying. Feel them move towards the floor, away from your ears. Feel your neck becoming loose and fluid. Feel your back becoming soft and supple. All of your muscles relax and release. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply and release the stress of the day. Give your body the oxygen it craves. Become aware of the way the air feels on your skin. Become aware of the sensations in your heart. Open up to the sensations around you. Feel the love of the angelic presence that sits beside you and guards you while you're so open. Feel the warmth of that angel as it touches your arm. Take a deep breath. Now, be aware of every inch of your flesh. Relaxed and content, feeling loved and supported. And call to your loved one to please make their presence known. Ask them, for a signal what is it will you show me or will you touch me to let me know you're here what is it that I will see or feel Now you know your signal. Feel their embrace. Know that they're with you always. Say thank you for their presence. Thank you to our angels for helping us. And feel your body awake and aware as you come back into the present time. You might want to shake out your hands and your feet a little bit. Have a nice big glass of water. But know that any time 
you want to connect with them, take four or five deep breaths, close your eyes and relax and allow them to come to you. Sadness is okay, but it should not be your undercurrent. It should not be the place you go when there's nothing else around. Sadness is temporary. Sadness needs to move through you. What is the purpose of grief? What is the purpose of mourning? What is it? Is it just feeling sad? Is it just crying? Well, the way we grieve, as I said, everyone is different. Some people need to be alone. Other people like to be surrounded by people. You may cry. Your mourning process may have more to do with doing something physical, taking a walk on the beach, hiking, being out in nature, allowing yourself to feel the presence of your loved one. Being surrounded by familiar things, it could be. Reminiscing is often a part of the process, and that reminiscing is very, very healing. And don't be afraid that you left some things undone. If you have something you needed to say to them that was never said, write it down. Write them a letter. Burn it safely. And let them know how you're feeling. Remember, when they cross over, they're in a different place. So their point of view is very different than what it was when it was down here. Look for those signs that they're around you. I have a friend whose mom leaves pennies. So he knows he needs to pay attention to things when all of a sudden, like, there's a penny in front of him. And his attention will always be drawn to them. We all have different symbols. When my grandmother's around, I smell Gina Tay because that's what she used to wear. And that's what I associate with her. So when she's really making a statement, you smell Gina Tay everywhere. She wore a lot of it. But everyone has their own personal symbol, their own personal language that they create with another person. When you have a relationship with someone, you have your private jokes and so on. And your symbol can be related to that. Your symbol might be seeing triple digits. Your symbol might be, you know, hearing a certain word or a phrase or a book or it could be feeling your hair get tugged. It could be a kiss on the lips. It could be someone stroking your calf, you know. It could be any number of things. It's between you and that person. There's no right or wrong. And the thing is to stop questioning and just be. Go in yourself. Go inside. Feel your grief. Experience it. The only way to allow it to process and do the healing it's supposed to do is if you allow it to just be. 
Don't hold on to it. Don't grasp at it. Don't worry about whether or not it's appropriate. Just let it be. So many times I've been at funerals and... um, I remember as a kid, like the older people, a lot of times would get very upset if when you're at the, um, well, I'm not sure how everybody does it, but we would have a get-together after the funeral where everybody gets together to have a meal and that kind of thing. And when we did this, a lot of times, you know, there would be laughter. And some of the older people would just get so mad. It's a funeral. Show some respect. And it's like the way I always looked at it is that that is respectful. That's what life is about. It's about the laughter. It's about the living of it. It's about the enjoyment of it and how much joy that person brought to everybody's life. So having that having that laughter at a funeral is a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. It raises the vibration. Do you really think your grandmother wants to stand there and watch you be all mopey? Or do you think she wants you to be happy? or whoever that loved one might be. Yes, they know that they're missed. And the best way to show that is by telling stories, reminiscing, and allowing each person to go through their own grieving process, their own mourning period. The more you try to avoid it, the deeper it becomes entrenched, the harder it is to go through it, the more painful it's going to be. So don't avoid it. Dive into it. Experience every piece of it. There are opposites to all things. So the grief that we experience when someone leaves us is in direct correlation to the joy that we experience when people are with us. If you're not willing to feel the grief, you're not going to be able to feel the joy. They're two heads, two sides of the same coin. So for all of you listening, may God be with you every step of the way. May you be fully and wholly connected. May you feel compassion and love from the Christ within you and around you and in front of you. May you see all people with compassion and love in your eyes. Enjoy the life you have. Make it enjoyable for those that you love. Let them know how you want it to be when you pass. I wrote my, um, what was it called? I wrote my uh, I wrote down what I wanted for my funeral and everything when I was 23 years old, and it's still the same. I want a party. I want there to be a big party with everybody who's ever met me, and I want everybody to just have a blast and enjoy meeting each other and enjoy discovering different kinds of people. That's what I want for my funeral. I want there to be a party. No black. That's what I have in my... Uh, and my thing, too, is that I don't want anybody wearing black. You know, you could wear black pants, but I don't want everybody in all in black. I want bright colors. I want it to be a party. I want people to enjoy themselves 
and enjoy being a part of the family that's been created over time. So today's show is dedicated to my Hawaii ohana, and I hope today is a good day for them. Wish I was there with you guys. This is Hawaii Psychic, Geraldine St. Joseph, coming to you live from Philadelphia at the moment. My website is psychicinhawaii.com and also voiceofspirit.com. This coming Thursday, I believe I am making an appearance on Island 98.5 FM in Honolulu. Um, so I call in and we take callers here and there. So if you'd like to, to hear me on the morning show there, you might want to tune in. I want for all of you to find peace and to find a true connection with God. That is my purpose here. That is my purpose here on earth. It's good to know what your purpose is. So your homework for this week is to take a little bit of time every day. Take those four or five deep breaths. Open yourself up to becoming aware of what is around you, energetically and otherwise. And spend some time with your loved ones, living and past, letting them know how you feel, where you are, and what you want, and how you want to be remembered. And make sure you're the kind of person that you want to be remembered as, so that when you're up there doing your life review, you're not looking at it going, oh, no, can't believe I said that, but you're proud. Aloha. Have a good day.